recording to the cloud. Three, two, one, hit that. Evolution at Work podcast coming your way. What's up, guys? This is episode 381 QA. We answer all the questions you guys send in. Steve Smee here and the Rickster in the house. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Good. Not much. Not much, bro. All right, guys. So we have a fun podcast coming. We're going to talk about steroids. We're going to talk about TRT. We're going to talk about making a living in bodybuilding. We're going to talk about girls. Rick has another girl problem, so he needs help on that one. So we're going to talk about that one, about a girl who ghosted him. He met a girl. He fell in love with her, and she ghosted his ass. So we're going to talk about that. But the first one, guys, we're going to talk about is best oral only cycle. So Rick's a big fan of oral. Um, he, you know, he talks about it a lot. <laughs> and uh, so let's talk about oral. So first off, oral cycles. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you can't run an oral only cycle. You got to always run testosterone with it and stuff. So we talked about it, I believe, on the last Q&A, Rick. This was, that was episode 379. We talked about that. So if you guys want to go back after this podcast is over, check out 379. Rick and I debate running a cycle without testosterone. So we're talking about oral only cycles. Now, I would say a good solid 30, 35% of my clients who come to me they straight up, they don't want to run injectables, okay? There's a lot of taboo behind injectables. They don't want needles around the house. They got kids, their wife, their husband, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, whatever, don't want to see their injectables. They don't want to see needles laying around, so they'll run oral only. It's a big percentage, guys, of guys that are doing this. I've known guys that have run oral only cycles for 30 years, and they look pretty damn good. So can you get away with oral only cycles? Of course you can. Is it as effective as injectables? Is it as effective? Over the long term, maybe not so much. It's not as efficient as injectables. What would you rather do? Do you rather inject yourself once or twice a week? Or would you, would you rather have to take a pill twice a day for the next six, six or eight weeks? So for me personally, I'd rather just inject myself once or twice a week. That's it. I'm, I'm done. Good to go. With the orals, I got to remember to take them. I got to remember to have a little meal if I take them in case it gives me a stomach upset. It's a little bit of a pain in the ass. But at the end of the day, a lot of guys do choose. So, so one of the best oral-only cycles, I'll bring in Rick on this too. Um, you, can, you can run um, any oral by itself. I think the best one, let's say you want explosive results. One of the, one of the best ways you can do that is anadrol you can run anadrol only 50 milligrams a day for four weeks or five weeks you'll get tremendous results just on that you can even run at 25 milligrams a day you'll get tremendous results another one you could do is a uh, dianabol 10 milligrams 20 milligrams a day for four to five weeks nothing wrong with that you may want to have an ai on hand in case you start getting estrogen issues another one is t-ball one of my favorites just a cheap steroid not as cheap as d-bowl but pretty damn cheap you run t-bowl 30 40 milligrams a day same thing with anovar 40 50 milligrams a day five weeks six weeks nothing wrong with that you get tremendous results on that um you'll have a boost in strength you'll get some hardening you'll get some tight tight tightening up of your muscles nothing wrong with that so there's different oral only cycles 
you can stack orals together. Like one of the popular oral steroids that oral stacks that I recommend to guys is you can run say 20 milligrams of T-bowl along with 10 milligrams of D-bowl. It's a little yin and yang effect. The D-bowl gives a little bit of a, of a androgenic kick. The T-bowl is a nice dry hardening compound. So there's different ways you can kind of play around with these, these oral only cycles, but really at the end of the day, any oral, you can just run it by itself and you can get some decent results. Um, it, it, it just depends on, on the oral, but um, yeah, bring in Rick. What are your thoughts on their best oral only cycles? Well, oral only cycles are, are popular. Um, I'm not a big fan of doing oral only cycles. I've done a couple and I think you need, you need much more consistency, more experience to really, really get good results out of oral only. Good oral only cycles, Anavar, great oral only cycle. I ran a uh, four week Anavar run, made great results on it. If you go to anavarbook.com, you'll be able to see uh, before and after pictures and be able to grab the upcoming book, anavarbook.com. And that's a great oral only cycle. Uh, super draw. Many guys did super draw only cycles back when super draw was legal to purchase over the counter in the last, you know, last 10 years or so. Able to run some hot, strong super draw only cycles, get some great results. That's a great cycle to run standalone. Anadrol, if you're competing, powerlifting, Anadrol only cycle. Incredible, incredible cycle to run for strength. Dianabol only cycle. A lot of people uh, uh, shit on Dianabol only cycles. A lot of the vets try, like to shit on Anabol on Dianabol only cycles. It's great for strength, not as good for a, a powerlifting competition as Anadrol would be, but great for strength. It's good also for gaining muscle mass. Um, won't You won't look as good aesthetically as you would on an Anavar-only cycle. And you do gain a quite a bit of water weight, which goes away after the cycle is done. So a lot of people like to shit on Dianabol-only cycles. I think they're fine. I think as long as you're working out hard, as long as you're eating lean, as long as your expect expectations are realistic, where you know you're going to uh, get puffy and lose some of that puffiness once you get off of this stuff, I think you're good to go, man. I think you're I think you're quite you're quite all right, quite fine to to deal with it, to do a um, a good Dianabol only cycle. Uh, what are other good mentions for uh, for uh, oral only cycle? Uh, SARMs SARMs are great oral only cycle compounds to, to be doing. Winstrol, great oral only cycle, especially if you're if you're trying to look a certain way by a certain date. Maybe you got a trip, nice uh, trip you're going to, to the beach. Maybe you have a photo shoot. Winstrol will help get you there. Good, good ways of the way. And I think, you know, off the top of my head, those are probably the best oral only cycles. Uh, females. Females are may 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 only should only do oral only cycles. Females, uh, Anavar, Winstrol, Oral Primobolin. There really aren't too many steroids out there women should be injecting, especially uh, steroids that have ester chains are injected. If the female starts to see some side effects, 
from accumulation of that ester after second, third, fourth shot. Even if she discontinues it, still in for a ride. There's still more side effects coming for the next few days, maybe weeks if she's on it. So oral-only cycles are really good uh, for females. Um, that's it, man. That's my whole spiel on oral-only cycles, Steve. Did I miss anything? I think you, you covered it. I mean, you guys, um, you, you guys can go on any sources website and look up what kind of orals they sell. I mean, you can kind of go from there. You can come on the forum, look at the articles on how to run those orals. And that will Turinabol. Turinabol is also a great oral only cycle. Yeah. I mentioned, I mentioned T-Ball already. Yeah. 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 So, and then Halo as well. Um, it, it's very, very potent. If you're a power lifter, you run Halo for like three or four weeks you have tremendous results. Very, very toxic though. So on these orals, one of the things you have to do, whether you're running injectables or orals, you either run um, support, cycle support. So Intugard is what I recommend. It's got 44 ingredients, including six or seven for the liver. So that's very important to run if you're running an oral because they are liver toxic. Most of them are liver toxic. And then, uh, you know, the only one I wouldn't run by itself, I think is useless is Proviron. Because Proviron by itself, you really won't get much of anything with it. I think I think the only thing you'll get is something sexual. You'll get some sexual aid with it. So it's not really something that's going to give you any type of performance benefits by itself. All right. So the next one, Rick, um, you want to bring you in on this one? And this is the one that was sent to you. How to find a steroid source? That's a good question that a lot of people have. I get asked that a lot. Um, don't ask me start over with, I don't, I don't give my, my sources away to just anybody got some good private sources and, and like to keep them good and keep them out of jail. <laughs> but, um, the gym dealer is back. The gym dealer is back. Uh, used, you used to only be able to get steroids from the gym or if you, uh, were ris risky enough to, or if you wanted to take the risk, you see the back of the magazines and send the, uh, some money cash in the mail, money orders, checks to one of those uh, little ads in the back of the magazines. This is, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, around the late 90s to the 2000s. It all, it was just a golden era of mail order steroids. And you could get steroids in the mail. No problem. Local, um, overseas, just order them online. Uh, you you will also get them in the, in the mail when you use the guys on the back of the magazines in the in the 80s and 70s and 90s you still but it's different because if the guy scammed you or send you fake shit or just took your money you couldn't do anything but once the forums came around you can go online and talk about the fucking guy that took your money and tarnish his reputation now something you couldn't do with the guys in magazines that's why it really became the golden era and then the gym dealer came back strong over the last 10 years. Uh, guys, uh, since there's so many underground laps now, now accountability is important. So if you don't know who your dealer is, if the guy doesn't know who you are and, and you can't really tarnish his reputation if he gives you fake shit, um, a lot of companies, a lot of uh, underground labs out there are sending people bunk stuff, underdosed, changing one compound for the other. So, but when you have a, a gym guy, if your stuff's not up to par, if you test it and it doesn't come back, well, you go talk to your fucking guy right on the spot. So the gym dealer is back. So if you hit the gym often, if you look, 
like a big dude, just be friendly enough to guys, someone will offer you some sauce. You're going you're gonna to be able to find a gym dealer pretty quickly. You might not want to go to one of these really mainstream kind of uh, gyms where you're not even allowed to drop the weights here and there or grunt a little bit. Uh, I've seen uh, some some stuff about it on social where some gyms you're, you're not allowed to, to even let out a, a huff or a puff on your last two reps. Maybe not those, but if you go to the few, one of the few hardcore gyms still left, one of the few gyms where there are professionals there, you'll be able to find a dealer pretty, pretty early on. Wear a, a need to build muscle t-shirt. And as soon as uh, your dealer sees that you're a, a need to build muscle buyer, he's like, oh, this guy's buying post-psychotherapy stuff, buying liver support from need to build muscle. Oh, he's taking steroids. Let me go offer him some fucking steroids. That would be a good way to stand out and for guys to know you, you, you're you on the sauce is to get need to build muscle t-shirt. Just wear it to the gym. They'll know right away. And that's a good way the gym. Also, obviously the forums go to evolutionary.org. EliteFitness.com, Anabolex with an X at the end.com. And just ask around and see who's good, see who's not. What's really important about utilizing the forums is that you're able to find out if the guys are legit or not, if they're full of shit or not. And most of these forum administrators at these websites, uh, as soon as a guy goes bad, they remove him. You know, they, they care about the membership enough to not have a guy around that's ran their cores and that is creating problems and that is is scamming people. Also, when people receive the stuff they receive from them, they actually will come in and test it and post pictures of the tests. And it's a it's it's like a like a, a circle of communication, nice powwow about sources. And you can get your stuff in the mail. Some guys are going to ship domestic, some guys international. So you have to kind of play by ear, but th those are probably, and then obviously the third part is just go to a TRT clinic, testosterone replacement therapy clinic. They'll be able to hook you up for the most part, as long as you exhibit some of the symptoms, they'll prescribe you. You don't even have to be low in testosterone to get a script for testosterone. You can go and take a test. Your, the testosterone be sky high because you're using your own synthetic black market testosterone and just tell your doctor, tell the clinic, like, listen, I'm already using steroids. I'm going to stop using these uh, black market steroids. I want testosterone prescription to bring me up to the high range of normal. And they will, they'll make sure that your testosterone levels stay at the higher range of normal um, through prescribing you testosterone. And you never have to provide a test of low testosterone to begin with, or your testosterone production can be normal. But you have muscle weakness. You have pain in the bones. Maybe you you got road rash from a motorcycle accident, burnt. You get Anovar for any of those from a good testosterone replacement therapy clinic, even if your levels of testosterone are normal. You could have a, a elbow injury, knee injury, joint, any injury you've ever had, even if you had a car crash years ago and you're still suffering from some joint pains from your car crash. You get Nandrolone for something like that. Even if your test levels are never low and that stuff is good, bona fide, American made, American pharmacy compounded steroids that are going to work the way they should. No contaminants. I mean, you get the real deal 
at that point. So, yeah, man, look, any way you go about it, man, jump on the forums, evolutionary.org, elitefitness.com, anabolics.com. Those are three really good forums. Steve and I post there quite a bit. Make sure to come by and see who's good, see who's not. Your gym, wear your need to build muscle t-shirts to the gym, stand out. You know, I might I might make t-shirts for all of those three uh, forums and just throw them on my site. Hopefully admins won't mind. And you could just wear your, your evolutionary monkey t-shirt to the gym. Guys will know right away what's, what's up. You'll get asked. Say, hey, dude, you're an evolutionary too? Yeah, man, I, I got that for you. <laughs> so um, gym deal is always good. Forums are always good. And if you got the the cash and you want to and you don't you want to go through the process and get really good good legitimate clean steroids no no heavy metal contamination not, I mean just really good clean steroids TRT clinic as long as you got the symptoms you'll get prescribed you never have to provide you never have to provide a test where your testosterone levels are low you just have to have the symptoms and they'll prescribe you around your symptoms. Fuck the, tap, the, the blood test. A lot of guys think, oh, if I'm going to go to TRT clinic, my testosterone levels have to be low or I won't get prescribed. No, you'll get prescribed. Even if your testosterone levels are above normal, you just be honest and say, look, I was injecting black market testosterone. Um, now my levels are going to drop. I'm going to get depressed. I'm going to get feel shitty. I'm going to get suicidal. So I need you to prescribe me legitimate testosterone. That'll just let me land at the higher range of normal. And a good TRT clinic, good testosterone replacement therapy doctor will do that for you. So uh, those are the best ways, man. Did I miss anything, Steve? No, you summed it up, guys. And at the end of the day, you can always just hit me up on the form, Steve SMI, and I'll I'll lead you. I'll lead you in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? So we're we're here to help, guys. Uh, I, I don't like when people come on the form like, oh, you know, you need to, you know, put in the work. You need to. We're not going to give you a source. You need to put in the work first. I'm like, oh, I'm like, dude, you know, why? So they can get ripped off. I mean, with the Bitcoins and stuff, you send someone Bitcoin now, that's like cash. They could take your money and run. So you just come hit me up. You know, I'll take, I'll make sure, you know, you guys get sent in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? All right. So that leads us into the next topic, Rick, a TRT. So We've talked about this on prior episodes, but I don't think we've really zeroed in on this, but how old are guys starting TRT? So uh, I could say for me, I don't plan on doing TRT ever. Uh, So, you know, the way I look at it is your body produces hormones on its own for free, uh, free of charge. Why would you give up on it? So, with that in mind, what is TRT? For those of you who don't understand TRT, T- TRT is testosterone replacement therapy or hormone replacement therapy. But in the United States, when they give you a you know, HRT, it's, it's 99% of the time, it's going to be testosterone, long estered testosterone, either testosterone enate or testosterone sipinate. 10 or 15 years ago, it was very, very hard to go get prescribed TRT. Now, it's too easy to get prescribed TRT. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, a bunch of factors, economic factors. It has to do with, you know, for-profit healthcare system. It has to do with all these anti-aging clinics. It has to do with doctors really educating themselves on TRT and wanting to make their patients happy and wanting to build a, a client base what a great opportunity to build a client base and having someone come to your clinic every three to six months 
pay money for blood work, pay money for a, a prescription, pay money for visits. And then you, it's like a revolving door in and out. So, and then have them refer more people to your clinic. It's a business. It's a business. When something is a business, they want you to keep coming back. So what an opportunity for them. What an opportunity for these anti-aging clinics. So we're seeing too many people now getting a TRT. And it says, the question is, how old are guys getting starting TRT? Goodness gracious. My old podcast host, Trevor, he got TRT in his early 20s. Prescribed to him in his early 20s. The only thing the doctor made him do was freeze his sperm. That's the only thing the doctor required. And that's because he used steroids at a young age. He completely fucked his HBTA up. So he went on, he went on TRT. He's got to take TRT for the rest of his life. And there's a lot of others out there who are 20s, 30s, 40s going on TRT. And many of them don't need it. And many of them can fix the problem without needing it. So in my view, it's way out of hand now. It's getting way out of hand. Everybody is going on TRT. A lot of these issues that guys are dealing with, either sexual dysfunctions, depression, mood issues, stresses, all this stuff, is not solved just by taking testosterone. In 98% of situations, it's not solved by taking testosterone in the first place. You still have the same problems that you had before. So we have a very dysfunctional society where we do a drug for every ill. And um, I don't take any drugs, guys. I take nothing. I function completely normally. I don't take anything. I don't need anything. You know, humans have been around 2 million, 5 million years, whatever it is. In all those millions of years, did they ever need a drug to survive? Did they? They didn't have drugs and they still managed to survive and grow in population. Every animal on earth in the wild, do they take drugs to survive? No, they manage to survive without drugs. Animals in captivity, our pets, ourselves, we're on tons of drugs. We're on tons of drugs. So it's, it's a damn good scam that we got going in society. When you take your pet to the vet, it's like taking your car to an auto mechanic. And the vet tells you, oh, you got all these things wrong with your dog. All these things are wrong with your cat. I'm going to write you these prescriptions. It's a nice, good scheme they have. They do the same thing with us, guys. So my, my lesson in this, Rick may have a completely different perspective. I have no idea. He's going to get his, his take. But my take is on it. Before you decide to go on TRT, fix your root problems first. And then there's a possibility you may never even need a TRT to begin with. Low testosterone levels can be fixed. They can be fixed. And a big problem with low testosterone levels is a lack of minerals in your body. Because if you have low amounts of minerals, you're not going to be able to produce testosterone. Why do we have a low amount of minerals? Gut problems, diet deficiencies. These are reasons for low minerals and low testosterone levels. And a lot of these problems are not your fault. I, have, I can't stress this enough. It is not your fault that your parents fed you crap your entire life. It is not your fault that you grew up next to a fucking coal factory. It is not your fault that your parents were buying crappy water your whole life and you're drinking crappy water and, and drinking soda and eating cereal and all this crap and milk and all this other stuff that 
destroys the minerals in your body because they do destroy minerals in your body. Water, poor quality water, milk, soda, these are acids. They go in your body, they leach your body of minerals. When you leach your body of minerals, your testosterone levels drop. So as an adult, once you hit 30, 35 years old, you're like, shit, I got low testosterone levels. What the hell do I do? Yeah, let me go on TRT for the rest of my life. So that's my rant on it, but it's out of hand right now. TRT, everybody's going on TRT. It is out of hand. So before you do it, you know, just give it a shot, guys. Give it a shot at fixing your, your root issues. I'll let Rick uh, give his uh, two cents. Yeah, so TRT, guys are getting on TRT almost at any age that you feel like it. Yeah, we're talking about doctor-prescribed TRT, right? Yeah, I mean, you could, you could be in your mid-20s, uh, go, to, go to a TRT clinic, your te- testosterone levels be twice the higher, the normal range, and just tell the doctor, hey, man, I've been injecting, I've been inje- injecting testosterone on my own. I want to stop injecting black market testosterone. I'm afraid it has heavy metals, contaminants, pesticides in there. And I like you to prescribe me enough testosterone so that I, so that I can stay at the higher range of normal and not crash and not get depressed and not have libido problems and all the problems that are going to come with me le- dropping the testosterone fully. Can we do that? And chances are the doctor, good TRT clinic, he's going to say, yeah, I'm going to prescribe you 100 mg a week something along those lines. And you come in for testing in about a month or two and your testosterone levels need to be at the higher range of normal. If they're above normal, I'm going to pull your script because you can't be taking other stuff with along with this script. If they're at the higher range of normal, which is where I want to put you at, then I'll continue to give you that same script for testosterone. Talk about TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. Because hormone replacement therapy really it's a broader term for everything from growth hormone, peptides, you know, other, you're, you're adding other, other hormones, not just testosterone, but for testosterone, for TRT, for testosterone replacement therapy, the only thing you'll ever be prescribed is testosterone. Anavar, Nandrolone, which a doctor can prescribe to you are there for other ailments. Even if your testosterone levels are normal, you can get a script for, for Anavar, for Oxandrolone, if you have other medical issues going along with it. I just mentioned that on the last on the last subject we just discussed. So it's really important for you to understand and know what your what your testosterone situation is. So uh, TRT nowadays, any age, pretty much any age, you you, you can go get TRT, um, and and it sucks the way I'm going to describe this, but it is if if you go. If you're 25, you go to the doctor, your testosterone levels are normal, chances are you're not going to get testosterone replacement therapy because your levels are normal. But that same 25-year-old goes to the doctor with higher than normal testosterone levels, higher than normal. Since I've been using steroids, I want to get off of testosterone. I want you to put me on testosterone to have higher, to have high, high range of normal levels. Then you might get a script then you're actually in the ballpark to get in a script. A good hormone replacement therapy special, a doctor, a good doctor that specializes in hormone replacement therapy should not or would not ask you to let your testosterone levels crash and to provide a a lower than normal testosterone level test crashed from your cycle in order for him to prescribe. He would help give you a soft landing and put you on a TRT dose 
as long as you promise to stop injecting testosterone so that in a month or two, you can provide a test, a, a test, a blood test that'll show that you're in the high range of normal. So pretty much at any age, um, naturally, and, and, and hopefully what age would you want to put yourself on TRT? You wouldn't, you, you don't want to put yourself at TR, in TRT at any age, hopefully. If you're testosterone, if your testes aren't just aren't making some, make sure you get on the herbals first, change your lifestyle, sleep more, eat better, stop eating processed foods, go organic, you know, stay away from, from any kind of chemicals and pesticides. It's a lot easier than you think to stay away from it. Look, a lot of guys like to play golf. Golf courses are full of pesticides. Okay. A lot of, you know, there's just different. There are different things you can do to make sure that your body makes higher than normal testosterone levels. If you want to dabble in a little bit of steroids and then get off the steroids and not take anything for a while, then do the steroids and then do herbals, herbals, steroids, herbals. It's kind of what I do. You know, I, I take herbals pretty much, I'd say six to eight months out of the year, maybe more. And I'm on, and I'm on steroids probably nowadays about three, maybe four months out of the year, usually about three, three months out of the year. I run maybe one or two short cycles every year just to get me where I, uh, just to keep me where I need to be. And then the rest of the time I'm on, I'm on herbals. It's what I'm doing at 40. I might, I might be, look, I might be on herbals eight months out of the year, nine months out of the year, steroids four to three months out of the year, and then peptides nine months out of the year. Sometimes peptides with steroids, sometimes peptides with, with herbals, but I'm going to start messing with peptides now going into 40 because it's about that time. So I guess I gave a broad answer here, Steve, uh, uh, to, to take it back to the beginning. What age are get guys getting prescribed testosterone replacement therapy? Pretty much any age you kind of want. Um, should well, What age should guys get testosterone replacement therapy? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You should not ever get into a situation where you need to take a shot in order to just be normal. You'd want to really address the lifestyle issues, the environmental issues, health issues, address them in any way you can before you just get, get on the, on the pipe, man, get on, on the, on the testosterone shots every, every week, every other week. And as far as um, what Steve said, I just wanted to comment on what you said about all of our pets being on medications, everybody being on medication. Look, you got a couple of things going on. One, you have a lot of environmental issues. And second, we've basically removed natural selection from the equation. So once you remove natural selection from the equation through chemistry, through medicine, through uh, through just lifestyle changes, now you have a lot of people and a lot of pets, animals walking around that maybe wouldn't have survived if they didn't get huge shots of antibiotics and, and medications early on in their life. You got a lot of people and a lot of animals, organisms living uh, to old age and reproducing to old age, passing down faulty genes, you know, genes that wouldn't have survived uh, certain diseases, certain changes in weather, which just wouldn't have made it because natural selection would have picked us out a long time ago. Look, I'm one of them. I've had, had a lot of issues with my lungs, in, in, infections in my lungs as a child. Uh, ear, nose, and throat infections very early on in my life. And the only thing that kept me alive, kept me from fucking dying, is just copious amounts of antibiotics that I received at that age. Had it, had I not, had antibiotics not been available then and technology not been 
where it was at when I was a young man, I would have died off and I wouldn't have had three kids, all three of which have also had lung issues, ear, nose, and throat infections uh, very early in their lives. It's just the way it is. So it's one of the reasons why we get a lot of people on, on medication. And also, look, once you've made it to a certain age, you really ought to manipulate your health naturally through good foods, good lifestyle, good mental state, as well as what you put in your body. You really want to really want to be that guy. You know, you really want to make sure to 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 heal your body naturally through the foods that you eat, through your lifestyle and through your thoughts, to just your, your, your thought pattern, your mood, your attitude towards life. You know, because we're already at a loss. We're already We've natural selection has been out the window for humans for a couple thousand years already, more, few thousand years. Humans have had no natural selection really affecting them to that to, to a great degree. And then we developed antibiotics in between the two world wars. Antibiotics were just, you know, around World War time, antibiotics came on the scene. And then you really had a bunch of, you really had a bunch of people uh, surviving diseases that would have wiped them out otherwise. So um, that's just my my, my little uh, spiel on on response to what you said, Steve, about about factors making us weak and and our pets being on medication. It's you know it's what you get, I guess. So we are we are getting weaker as a species. Then we are. It's just like our pets. You know, when a, when a cat gets old and it starts slowing down and stuff, and it's sick, you know, it's it's going to get eaten by or killed by another cat that wants its territory. But our house cat doesn't have that. So it would just it would just keep living and we would basically take care of it and give it all the drugs it needs to, to prolong its life. And, you know, and so, yeah, that's an excellent point for sure. So yeah, we're, one- we're going we're, we're going to start swinging into depopulation now, because what ends up happening is uh, when when countries and people uh, become more affluent, we gain we, we have more money, more knowledge, then you want to have less kids. It's, it's really only humans with lower, way lower levels of education, opportunities, and wealth that are having a lot of kids. Most people that are educated, affluent, you know, get to the higher echelons of, of society in any degree are the people that are deciding. So to, what are you saying? That you're uned- so what are you saying? That you're not uneducated? <laughs> Well, I have I have uh, I have three children, uh, and there's three three of us. So it's two women, myself, and three kids, three children. So when you look at it that way, um, we've only <laughs> we're only having one child per person, and that's wow. that's you know that's along the lines of of neutral to depopulation. Now you have sometimes couples that only have one child, or couples that have no children. That's kind of along the lines of what you get. Look, if you if you only have one child per person, uh, if each couple only has two kids, we're still depopulating because there are people that are going to die without having enough children. So, you know, we're, we really are on that depopulation. Uh, yeah. depopulation. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you said that, that you're going to go in the other direction because our fertility rates are dropping substantially. Um, in the United States, there's actually a sper- sperm shortage. So, and one of the reasons of that is all the things we've discussed all the things we've discussed have led to a storm storm. So what's going to happen over time, if this continues, is nature will basically punish us and we won't be able to reproduce anymore. I actually made a movie about this. 
Um, people, people that want to get pregnant and get in and, and, and create new children because they can't uh, physically science will give them away to science will give, even if you, you don't have to have a lot of money, uh, even uh, a lot of procedures, a lot of medications like Clomid are very, very inexpensive uh, for people to have when they want to have children. So even there, there, there aren't, you're not going to find a huge number of couples out there that want to conceive and can't. Uh, they're also, you know, embryo. Amp- I mean, there's just so many things science and can provide to give people a chance to create new lives that, and for the, for the purpose of the conversation now, we're talking about population, right? Um, adopting is probably not, doesn't come into the picture. We're talking about creating new lives. So yeah, I mean, if you, if you have the education levels and a little bit of the money, don't, don't need a lot, a ton, you can create new life, even if there's a problem with sperm count and all that but no apparently um from everything i've been seeing it's only people that have less access to education less access to the internet less access to healthcare that are actually having more children people that have the opportunities to 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 go to college that have the opportunities for to further their education access to the internet access to to medical um to medical care those people are having less children are either having no children or one child per couple, or two children per couple, which still puts us in a realm of depopulation if if a, a couple only has two children, two offspring. Yeah, that's interesting, Top. We'll have to talk about that next one. Uh, so next one, I want to bring you in early on this one. Next one I want to talk about is, can you make a living in bodybuilding? So, Rick, I believe that you are making a living in bodybuilding. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I think you were a Bitcoin investor you were, we were talking about a couple weeks ago. But like, are you, you know, you make a living on bodybuilding, right? Am I wrong? No, you could definitely make, I would call it just fitness, general fitness. Can you make a living in fitness? Fuck yeah. Look, you can make a living doing anything you want. Any hobby that you have, that's a hobby. You're most likely spending money to exercise that hobby. Somebody is making money from that money you're spending on your hobby, whatever it is. Like you like to take your cat out for a walk on a leash. I'm sure that guy who made the leash that you purchased to take your cat on a walks because you like to put a leash on your cat. <laughs> he, I'm sure he made some, he made some money there, right? Because you like to put your cat on a leash and have him climb a tree, <laughs> right? So look, even making leashes for cats is something you make money at. So if fitness is something you are interested in, bodybuilding, can you make a living as a bodybuilder? Fuck yeah, you can make a living as a bodybuilder. If you're a good top level guy, and you can win some shows. Look, now you got social, so you can get endorsement deals. Um, look, this is a, a huge uh, uh, Psalms uh, manufacturer, uh, supplement guy, enhanced athlete. Um, they're now sponsoring the Mr. Olympia. Big Ramy is being sponsored by them. And I'm sure he's getting a good bit of money for it. Uh, Big Ramy also spends a good bit of money on his cycles, I'm sure, before he steps on stage. But that that money that he spent on his cycles to get that big, to go on stage, he now gets to make back, not in prize money because shows don't pay that much, but he gets to make it back now in endorsement deals, endorsing uh, supplement companies. If you're not that high level where you're winning shows and getting a bunch of money to, to represent a supplement company, you can have people that you train. You can have people that you consult. You can have smaller brands and smaller companies that you help push through your social, through, through, uh, through whatever you do, 
I mean, look, even if you never competed in your fucking life, but you're good at taking pictures, at at, at promoting stuff like this, this this girl, uh, I can't remember where she's from, Batkanyeva, uh, that, that girl with the long tongue and the black eyes. I don't think she's ever competed, but she looks fucking incredible and she gets paid a good bit of money to be featured on her stuff. Even at a lower level, you have guys and girls that never competed, don't have a shit ton of followers, but are willing to put in the work to get educated and to come in and help people with their training, with their diet and help them come along, help them bring themselves along. Those guys are also making a, a living in fitness, bodybuilding, whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, there is, there's so many ways to make a, a living bodybuilding fitness, helping people get somewhere that it's, it's just, it's, it's, you just got to put your mind into it. And the way it works, guys, is the way everything works. You, you have a regular job. Most people will have a regular job that we make money in. Then we go and spend that money on things that we like. Obviously, things we need, but things that we like. So um, there are going to be people going to the regular day-to-day jobs. They work some company, construction, finance, insurance, whatever. And then when they're off from work, they're going to come and see you. They're going to come and see you. For, for if you look good and you're a big bodybuilder for entertainment, if you're a trainer for help with training, if you're a supplement guy for help with their nutrition, if you're a nutritionist, diet programs, they're going to take some of the money that they make in their day-to-day grind and spend it on something they like, which is making themselves as fit and as healthy uh, and look good as they possibly can. So you just got to find the angle. There's really, today it's easier than it's ever been to make money and fitness it, it's just it's absolutely just it doesn't matter which way you slice it whether you're trying to compete it's more competitions now and leagues big leagues now than ever whether you're trying to gain a following because you have a great body look social just you just go do that now you, your cell phone you can buy a cell phone that you can carry in your pocket with you that'll take pictures just as good as a professional photographer could if you got decent enough lighting and a good cell phone you're you got your own walking around studio. You just go, 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 go get out to the masses. You can now become a personal trainer uh, online. You can become a nutritionist, get all your certificates, your certificates, all your stuff online. You can have a podcast about fitness the way uh, Steve and I do and have a, a big sponsor like Need to Build Muscle. Needtobuildmuscle.com sponsors the podcast. We sell supplements for all you guys that are out there taking steroids. That's my niche. My company needs to build muscle. And I and I, I help guys that are taking steroids, make sure to create this content for them. Make sure to help them out when you guys reach out to me and you have questions about your cycle, about your orders. I always help everybody out. There's just a lot of ways now to do this um, and, to, and to really, we're getting to that point now in, in human evolution, social evolution, fi- the, the evolution of finances the democratization of finances of the economy, basically that there shouldn't be any, any anybody out there doing a job. They hate everyone should be able to do something they love to make and make a damn good living doing it because the barriers to entry are, are pretty much all gone for the most part everywhere. You just have to be, be good at it. Look, there was a time where you had to have a, a studio, rep in the music industry believe in you and invest money in you to put you out there it was impossible to get yourself out there or very hard to get yourself out there now 
after SoundCloud, anybody can get out there without waiting for a studio to, to, to do it for them. And look, and even SoundCloud has come forward with some of their numbers and there's still only about five, 10% of the people that are posting content on SoundCloud getting 90% of the plays. And the other 90% of the people are getting 10% of the plays because you still got to be good. Even though the barriers to entry are gone, you still got to be good. So something like SoundCloud where you could just publish your music however you want and millions of millions of people across the world have access to it, your music still has to be good. But you're not going to get any place. You're not going to fucking go anywhere. So all you have to do now is there, there are no barriers to entries and there's nobody you have to ask for permission to do anything you want nowadays. You just go and do it. All of the information on how to do what you want to do, most, most of all of it is going to be free. And once you're doing whatever it is you want to do, being able to get out to more people that are interested in what you're doing, it's also going to be pretty much free. You just have to be good. You have to be good and be able to put in the work, but you have to be competent and you have to be resilient and put in the hard work. And you can pretty much make a living doing anything you really feel like it, including bodybuilding. And this is, you know, this, this goes for almost everybody. You know, I, I would say you have to be really careful if you're an older guy, 30s, 40s, 50s. I'd be real careful trying to switch lanes. You know, you've been an accountant your whole life and now you're, you want to become a, a fitness coach or a fitness guy and you're 40 something. It's not impossible, but you better be damn good because you're going to be in competition with guys like me and Steve that have been lifting weights and reading muscle media and reading Dan Duchesne since we were 13. So you want to be, you want to really love what you're going to do and you want to be really good at it. You want to be good, good at it because you're competing against people now that love what they're doing, that, that do this on a daily, like me and Steve, we're, we're reading books about steroids. I was reading Alpha El Rea, Building the Perfect Beast, Chemical Muscle Enhancement. Steve is a big uh, Nelson Montana fan. He was reading Bottom Line Bodybuilding from, from Nelson Montana. We were, we, were, we were on Elite Fitness posting and, and learning and sharing, com sharing conversations about steroids before we ever made a dime at it. Before Steve and I ever made a fucking penny with anything to do in the fitness industry, we were out there talking to people, sharing information, arguing with people about what we thought the, the real chemistry or the real training or real diet was, where there was no money on the table for it. So this is why we get to now step up to the plate and do it and actually make a little bit of scratch doing it because we were just willing to do it and we love it and we were willing to get out there and do it before there was, there was any incentive behind it. You know, like when, when Steve first bought Nelson Montana's uh, bottom line bodybuilding book, he wasn't reading it for a class or because he was going to take a test. He was reading it because he wanted to get educated, want to learn from one of the pioneers, one of the best. So, you know, same, same thing with me. I, I read Nelson's books, Arthur L. Ray, God Rest His Soul, Chemical Muscle Enhancement, read that book front to back probably four times. Building the Perfect Beast went through that one, too. Bill well and stuff. We're reading these things, these books before we ever knew there was ever going to be, before we ever knew somebody would want to pay us money to understand these things. And that's who you're going to be competing against in the world. So make sure you're going to be good if you're going to do it. Yeah, I just want to echo uh, Rick and a lot of good points. If you're waking up every morning um, hating your life, you know, that's not a life to live. So, um, 
you know, sometimes though people make mistakes in life and it heads them in the wrong direction. And it takes one mistake to really screw yourself. So you young guys listening to this, just, you know, you gotta, you gotta think things through and be smart and just set goals and, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever your niche is, if your niche happens to be bodybuilding, then you need to find a job in it. What you can do, you know, Rick touched on this, is you can have a regular job. I had I used to have date a girl who's an artist. She was a great artist. But being an artist is very hard to make a living uh, in, in art. Um, it's not something that you can really monetize uh, too well um, at first, especially. So, you know, I told her this advice. I said, you know, you got to have a job, a normal job that pays the bills, and then you can do the art on the side. There's nothing preventing you from still doing something you love even if you can't monetize it. And it's not all about money either. You know, a teacher, elementary school teacher, they don't make shit, but they do it because they love the kids. They love their kids. They're doing something to educate these kids, right? That get, they get a self-satisfaction from it, but they don't get paid shit. And that's a, that's a, that's a fuck up of our society that teachers don't make anything, but a hedge fund manager makes millions. That's a fuck up of our society. But at the end of the day, you know, teachers still, they wake up early every morning, they go to, they go to school, they come home late, they grade papers all weekend. I know I dated one, I dated an elementary school teacher, fucking ridiculous. But at the end of the day, they love doing it. And if they love doing it, then that's going to motivate them. But if you're doing something, you wake up every morning, you hate doing, you hate your life, you hate, you know, where you live, you hate your wife, you hate your girlfriend, you hate your boyfriend, whatever. And you're sleeping next to someone you can't stand anymore. That's a miserable life. It's the same thing with a job. If you wake up every morning and you don't want to get up out of bed because you hate your fucking job. God, that's fucking miserable. At the end of the day, yeah, okay, if it's paying your bills, put up with it. But you need to do something else. Get something else fired up. That you can go. Eric brings up a good point with the internet now and Zoom and all this technology we have. I mean... We got electric car industry booming. There's guys working for Tesla as auto mechanics for Tesla. They're making good, they're making some good cash working for Tesla versus working at a, some other auto mechanic, shitty, you know, uh, auto mechanic company. So, I mean, look into that. Look into upgrading who you're working for. Your, your boss has to be someone who values your work. If they don't value your work and they pay you shit, then you're not going to be motivated to go to work, are you? So like I went to Home Depot the other day and I was going to buy some patio furniture and the people working there, they couldn't get off their fat ass to help me get the fucking thing off the fucking top of the thing. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. They're not motivated because they don't get paid shit. Why should they be motivated? They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about me buying that product. They don't make a commission off of that. So why would they care? So that's another thing. Do a job. That's not a dead end job like that. Do a job that you're going to, that's going to, you're going to work hard at it. You're going to excel at it and you're going to advance at it. There's a future in it. Not a job like that where you're just getting paid every, you know, per hour, a shitty wage and you're miserable and you don't want to do anything because you got no incentive to do anything. Like who gives a shit? The manager working there doesn't give a shit either. So, you know, so Try, try to do something, you know, that you enjoy doing every morning. Rick, Rick is exactly right. You have to wake up every morning loving it. And if you love bodybuilding, you really, really love it. And I'm not talking about, you know, um, 
you're just someone who likes to look at fucking dudes and bikinis on stage. Okay. That's not love and bodybuilding. I'm talking about loving it the way Rick and I love it. We love doing these podcasts. We love educating people and sharing knowledge on this stuff. Then yes, there is an opportunity for you definitely to, to get into it for sure. Having flexibility is also very important guys. Don't get tied down at a young age. And by tied down, I mean, don't, you know, whatever you want to use, you know, don't have kids at a young age. Don't get married at a young age. Don't live in, you know, uh, a town that you don't want to live in at a front, you know, at a young age, uh, get an education. Very, very important. Get a skill, get a trade at a young age while you're young, while you're still living with your parents and they're paying all the bills. That's the time for you to get your education. That's the time to learn a skill and a trade. Cause if you move out of your parents' house and you don't got a skill, you don't got a trade, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do. You're going to have to work a job that you probably hate for a very low wage. That's going to barely pay your, that, that's barely going to pay your bills. You're not going to be able to have extra time to do what you really love. So be flexible. Uh, very, very important. And again, not everybody has those opportunities. Um, unfortunately, like some people, they have one parent in prison and one parent on drugs, or they they have a parent that's a single mother who can barely they, she can't afford to help you uh, send you to college and stuff. So it's not that easy for er, any, everybody. We have a very inequitable uh, society, especially, you know, in the United States, uh, one of the worst situations right now is the United States with the, the rich versus poor gap that's going on right now, especially with the pandemic, it's getting worse. So we have a huge inequity there, but at the end of the day, um, you really have to, just wake up every morning, enjoy what you love. I enjoyed going to college. Like I look forward to it. A lot of people hate school. I loved it. I love going to college and learning stuff, you know? So maybe you need to change your college. Maybe go to a different college, get transferred to a different city, you know, uh, get, drop your class, go get a class with a professor who's cool. I mean, they have ratings online. You can look up the professors now. So there really is no reason for you to wake up every morning miserable. So, all right, guys. So the last one, we have five minutes left, Rick. I know you want to get to this one. Uh, I guess you got upset because a girl ghosted you or something. Tell us about that. <laughs> so um, I have a, a buddy of mine that I uh, train with sometimes, young guy, he's early 20s, just fresh out of school. And um, he was really hot on this girl that he met. Uh, he met her this year just a couple couple months ago and they hit it off pretty pretty quickly pretty early on they hit it off they went ahead and they you know they were um they were almost an item they didn't really make it official but they were going out for a little while and then she started acting weird basically almost like ghosting him you know he's um and he doesn't listen to the podcast um him and I train but we got our earphones on we don't we don't really talk a, a whole lot and then uh, just a few days ago, he kind of, you know, I seen he was kind of bothered and he was really texting a lot. And I said, hey, man, you all right? Everything's all right? He's like, man, this bitch is playing games. <laughs> so this he said, this bitch is playing games. I know exactly what what he was going through. So um, basically, you know, him and I had to talk about everything that was going through. And really, I, I, I gave him some good advice. He had already fucked some things up. But I gave him some good advice on what not to do, because women will will do this. Women will do this. You'll 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 meet her. You'll be hanging out. Things will just seem sweet for weeks, 
And then all of a sudden they just shut off. It's, it's like night and day, you know, they start acting different. And I don't think women realize they're doing this. They're not consciously doing it, but they're subconsciously, they're testing you. They're, they're testing your, your manhood. They're trying to figure out if you're a bitch or if you're a real man. And so, um, he already fucked some things up. Like he had, like he done what most guys do when a female pulls away, which I'll, I'll go over some of it here. One, he apologized. He thought he'd done something to upset her when he um, really ain't done shit, but he thought, oh, maybe she was really upset about this, this one thing I did that day. Maybe she was upset about the way I worded this text a few days ago. And that's kind of, no, man. Don't apologize. If she starts pulling away, do not fucking apologize. That's going to make you look even weaker. It's going to make you look like a real bitch. If you do something wrong, you be a real man. You apologize at the moment, right at the spot that you do it. That's a real man. But if she's pulling away and then you start in your brain thinking of things that could have happened to offend her and trying to apologize for all that shit that she might have already forgotten about, that's real. that's a real bitch move. Also, Sent her flowers at, at the job. Sent her flowers at the job. Gave her a, a gift. She lost her her uh, ear pods or something. He replaced them. Two hundred fifty something dollar item. It's just just big gift. Don't fucking do that. Especially if she's pulling away. If you want to give a lady a gift, it's because she's deserving of it. She's giving you her time, her energy, her love, and so you you're you're sharing some of your. Uh, some of your hard work with her through gifts, but not, not because she's pulling away. You don't fucking do that. That, that pressures her even more. He also did another thing that men do. That's really stupid. He, he kind of declared his love confessed to her. He said, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. You're pulling away. I really do like you. I really do love you. You know, I, I care about you. I got feelings for you. This is serious. You know, I'll change for you. Don't fucking do any of that. Don't confess your fucking, you don't confess your love that way. You don't do it. You show your love. You don't, you don't say shit like that, especially when she's pulling away, dude. You can say things like that. If you're staring into each other's eyes, the moonlight, candlelight dinner, something, you're in that road. You could say stuff like that. Now when she's pulling away in a fucking text, it's just going to make her even more crazy. Um, He started, you know, being more, trying more. And then finally, the, the moment that I spoke to him, he says, bitch is playing games. He was telling, don't ever talk to me again. I'm, I'm done with you. Don't talk to me again. What's wrong with you? Why are you changing? What's your different? And he asked her, he said, well, what's wrong? And she said, nothing. So, so don't do any of those things. Okay, guys. I know we have a lot of younger guys that listen to the podcast. A lot of divorced men that listen to the podcast. I had a guy that I'm, I'm became friendly with because, you know, he's a customer for my supplement brand. And then, one day we, we got into a conversation and he he told me he'd been dating. Now, this woman he'd been dating for months and she kind of changed it up on him. And I had to, to bring him down to reality because he did a lot of these things. So here's what you do when you're meeting a girl, going out with her, a woman, it's a month or two months. And then she starts pulling away for no reason, pulling away, not answering texts back right away, canceling dates, doing dumb shit like that. Here's what you do. You don't do a fucking thing. You just keep working on yourself, working on your gym grind, working on your on your job or your career, or your business, and you keep going out and meeting more people and spend time hanging out with 
with people, with women, with other bros that do value your time, that do get back to you, that do keep up plans, and you leave her the fuck alone. You don't announce that you're leaving. You don't play cold, hard games. You don't You don't sit there and try to make her feel anything. That's not the point. See, that's where you fuck up. She's pulling away. If she's acting weird, if she's drawing, do nothing to try to make her feel anything. As long as, long as your, your head goes to, to thinking that something you're going to do or say is going to do something or touch something in this person's heart or mind, you fucking lost. You're already, no, fuck her. You don't think about making her feel anything. You think about yourself making yourself feel well. So you're feeling some rejection. You're feeling a sense of loss. You're feeling maybe a little bit of jealousy, whatever it is. Don't try to make her feel shit. You make yourself feel better. You keep you, you get stronger in your gym grind. You put that cycle together. Make sure you, you hit some shit. Go out and meet more people. Reconnect with more people. Uh, bros, ladies, you know, just go spend time with people that appreciate you in your time. Even if it's just friendship and it's not really anything, anything uh, uh, romantic. Just go with, just go hang out and spend family, parents, brothers, sisters, kids, cousins. Just spend the time with the people that really care about you and work on yourself. And when you do that, what will end up happening is. Since you're not after her, since you're not calling her, since you're not trying to do or say things to, to make her feel a certain way or change her mind, she's automatically going to start looking for you again. If there was anything there to begin with, if there was any sort of connection, she'll start looking for you again. Look, there are many reasons why a female can pull away. Maybe an, an ex-boyfriend is back in the picture. Maybe she's going through something emotionally. Maybe she's afraid of getting too close to you and she unconsciously starts testing you to see if you're just a bitch and you're going to start doing any of these dumb things, apologize, give her gifts, declare your love, you know, break up with her when you're mad. I mean, just nah, dude, soon as this person is doing anything to throw you of your zone, throw you of your center, you just start, you have to start looking inward and say, okay, what can I do to make myself feel better? And what can I do so that I'm not affected by this person's behavior? And that, that always will include being in a good places socially, being in a good places, being in a good phase health-wise, being in a good, in a good opportunities, monetary-wise, work-wise, all those things. And that's kind of what I told my, my little bro here that, I, that I, I meet up with at the gym sometimes. I said, dude, if you do anything or say anything to make this lady feel any kind of way, hoping she'd she, come back she'd go back to being the way the person she she was last couple of months you're doing it wrong you have to look inward you're the one with the problem you're feeling some type of way because she's acting some type of way now you're feeling some type of way you shouldn't let your emotions be bothered by the way this person is acting especially if they're not even behaving in a, in a, in a way that you're that you're really happy with so what you need to do is leave them the fuck alone step back and just work on yourself. And when she texts you, when she talks to you via text, just say, hey, great to hear from you. Let's let's make a fun date. If she's down to go out with you somewhere, great. If she doesn't want to go, then don't fucking sit there and text back and forth with her. Don't give her a bunch of your time. And if she says, oh, you're great. Let's just be friends. Um, I would say, no, fuck you. I don't want to be your friend. We already had something going. We're going, we're going to be something. 
oh, we're not going to be anything. We can modify what we have. Maybe we can have an open relationship, something casual. Maybe we can modify what we had, but I'm not going to be your girlfriend now after, you know, after having had you as a man, you know, after having had you the way I wanted to have you. Now I have to sit there and be your girlfriend and you're going to tell me about other guys you're dating. Fuck that. We're not, we're not doing any of that. So you, you're welcome to say hi and check in anytime you want. You're welcome to go and hang out if we're going to hang out and do something fun and and you know what I want out of things. But I'm not going to be your buddy. I'm not going to be your girlfriend. And that's pretty much it, man. I just thought I'd throw that out there because uh, a lot of guys go through this. A lot of dudes out there divorced with kids. Jeez. Um, I'm one of them. <laughs> uh, a lot of younger men uh, figuring out their way around this this whole realm. So it's just one thing to know. And why do women pull back? It's probably a, a rant for another podcast. So keep listening to the podcast. And I'll tell you guys exactly why a lot of women pull away, even though things seem to be going great, even though you're 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 making a connection, even though it seems awesome, even though there are no huge events that would make her pull away, she just boom, gone, just pulls away. And then and then with the things that you do in reaction to her pulling away, you push her away even more. I'll, I'll, we'll go over that in another podcast, but I just thought I, I throw that out. There's a good long conversation I had with somebody this week and I, so I was having it. And I'm like, Oh dude, I've got to put this on the podcast. Like what bro's got to know. I think I, my two cents on this really quick um, is that there's red flags or should be red flags. When you go out the first three dates, you go on with, with a person should be red flags. Does she flake out on any of the dates? Is she showing up late to the dates? Does she not remember things that you had talked about on your first date or your second date? Like if she doesn't know by the third date that you don't have kids or you have kids and she's still asking you, Oh, do you have kids? Something's wrong. There's something wrong there. Um, a lot of times, you know, uh, with internet dating, you know, she's dating 10, 15 other guys at the same time. So you're talking about pulling back. She could have went out. Well, you could be number two on the list. And she's really got her eye set on number one. Number one might be, you know, uh, someone she's more attracted to. You know, you could be number two. So if that number one guy says, hey, let's go out on Saturday night, but you had already planned a date for Saturday night, guess what? She's going to flake out on you. She's going to be like, oh, I, uh, I got to go um, meet my mom for dinner or meet my mom's friend for dinner or my kid's sick or any of these excuses that they come up with and they've used on me before. You know, and that's what it is. So you got to look at those red flags, guys. If that's, if she's doing that, I, my my rule is just cut her off. Cut her off right away because she's going to be doing that with you even if you guys progress into a relationship, relationship, long-term, marriage. She's going to keep playing those types of, she's going to be like that with you. People are consistent is my point. So, I mean, look for those red flags, guys. If she's showing up 15 minutes, 30 minutes late for a date, she's going to be showing up 15, 30 minutes for everything for the rest of your life. She's going to be one of those chicks that show up late for the wedding one day. So, I mean, it's consistency guys. It's consistency with, with, with people. Look a, for these I'm, red flags. I'm going to throw something really, into something. I'm going to throw something into something. You said just a couple responses. Very true. As far as her canceling dates, showing up late. Look, if she doesn't value you or your time enough uh, to make you at least a, a, a priority for the day, you know, we got a day on Friday. So Friday, Steve's my priority, right? Like 
unless she's got enough respect for you to make you that priority, um, then you don't need to you don't need to be investing your feelings into her because, like Steve said, she could just be into somebody else, and there's nothing you can do or say really to make her. You can do and say a lot of things to make a girl dislike you. You can't really do or say too many things to make a girl like you. She's gonna like you for who you are as a person, uh, and and how you behave, obviously. But if she doesn't like you for whatever reason, or she's into somebody else, you're not going to reason your way into her heart. Like you're not gonna sit there with a girl that's between you and another guy, and give her, uh, you know, give her uh, logical reasons or somehow project your your feelings on her somehow to make her like you. That shit's not gonna fucking happen. So if she's showing up late, not not getting there, she's she's canceling dates, she's flaking the fuck out. Uh, she's she's you know you take her on a date, she's on her fucking phone all the time, doesn't care about anything you're saying, doesn't remember any, any of this shit that you guys might might talk about. Then, dude, she she she's not into you, bro. Just 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 more reason for you not to waste another fucking minute or another dime taking this girl out anywhere. And also, re her remembering stuff about you. Listen, dude, let me give, let me give you. This this really is like a like a, a, a almost a dirty secret on how to get women. When you go out with women on dates, ask her everything about her, remember everything she tells you, and try to to give her as little about yourself as you can. Okay? Don't tell her about your issues with your ex, don't tell her about issues with the kid, nothing. Don't lie. But also don't sit there and, and spill your guts like you're trying to tell her, tell her ahead of time everything she's going to be facing. You don't fucking do any of that. You go out with a girl. You ask her everything. You keep her talking. They love to yap, yap. Just keep her talking. And then when she says something, ask a follow-up question. And then ask a follow-up question to the follow-up question. And when she asks you about yourself, you volunteer as little as you can. Turn it into a joke. Laugh it off a little bit. Change the conversation. And then circle right back to her. If you're doing things right, by the third date, this girl is going to think you're wonderful. This girl is going to think you're great. And you didn't even have to do anything. You just had to show up, ask her about, about herself, and remember everything she said. And give as little as you can about yourself as possible. You want to be a bit of a mystery. Women actually like a guy who's a mystery. Women like the chore of having to open a guy up and understand him. So don't try to rationalize anything with her. Don't tell her about your baggage. Don't tell her about any, any of it. Try Shut the fuck up. Okay? Shut the fuck up. And just listen to her. Ask her about herself. Keep her talking. And, and you'll be fine. As soon as you start talking too much, saying too much, telling her too many things, you're going to talk her right out of liking you. Listen, women, women can and will fall in love with a guy who's a fucking failure. We've all seen them. We've all had to compete against that guy who's just a fucking dirtball and she loved him for no reason. We've all had that competition going, right? If this was about logic and women were logically thinking about what guy they were going to be with, then we wouldn't have, we would never see that. But we see the, the, these women that are, that are top-notch women that are hanging out fucking losers, in love with losers, Right? So don't think that you have to, that on a date, it's somehow to your benefit to go in there and, and, and throw down on paper or all your good trades or your bad trades, put yourself out on paper. Fuck that. What you need to do on these dates is make her feel in a good way. Make her feel great. Don't rationalize her in her head 
like, oh, if I tell her about my my achievements, she's gonna like me. No, fuck that. Make her feel like she's somebody special, somebody important. Even if you have to shut the fuck up about all the things you've achieved in life, you just make her feel great about herself. You know, you you have to create a feeling within her. And you do not do not go into a date trying to rationalize and project yourself and, and have convincing phrases. Fuck all of that. They, 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 women don't function like that. Okay. If women really function like that, they, you wouldn't see a lot of a lot of top shelf women would lose their fucking boyfriends. Okay. That wouldn't happen if women were rational. Women, when it comes to romance, they have to feel a certain way about somebody. And maybe the guy who's a fucking loser on paper, maybe he makes her feel great when they're out, when they're in bed. Maybe he, even if the guy is toxic, it's a toxic guy and she tries to leave him, but she can't. Maybe he makes her feel like she, she should be punished. And having him on, you know, having her as him as, as a partner is what she deserves. I mean, you don't, you know, there's so many fucking twisted things that can go in a person's mind when it comes to relationships that you have to remember that you're not going to, don't sit there and try to rationalize with this lady. Don't try to sit there and, and resume your way and, you know, job interview your way into, into a position as her boyfriend. No, fuck that. You go in there, you make her feel things, make her feel good about herself. You make her feel great. You make her feel fun. You make her feel like she's interesting. You make her feel like she's being listened to. Make her feel all these things. Then you then you'll get then you get to where you need to go. Never rationalize a fucking thing with her. Don't don't go in there trying to do that. You because you're just gonna do and say things that are gonna talk her right out of liking you. Talk her right the fuck out of liking you. You're already sitting there on a date, second, third date. So you know there is some interest. You know she's 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 down to fool around. Don't fuck it up by talking too much about yourself and giving away too many things about yourself, which is going to just talk her right out of liking you. You sit there and you ask her everything. You laugh at her fucking jokes. You make some jokes of your own. She, she's really interesting. She's really beautiful. She's really, you know, everything you, 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 everything that she wants to feel like you make her feel that way and you do it in order. And look, and you shouldn't be out there, you know, gassing her head up, Blind on her if she's really not all of that because bottom line is you shouldn't be wasting your time on a date if she's not all of that if she's just a bum bitch you shouldn't be on on a date with her if you're on a date with her second third date with her it's because you feel some type of special way about this this lady right so then you make her feel how you perceive her without too many words with just actions and just the way the energy that you throw out at her you should you should only be out on a date your precious time and your precious money you should only be out on a date with a chick that's really worth it that's really all of that and you make her feel that way but you know don't 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 go out with bum bitches just because you're bored and you go out with, a, with, with some some chick and and you're trying to gas her head up like that's just not genuine and that there's no future in that there, nothing good is going to come from it you date, you try to punch above your weight, or you date women that are at the level that 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 you know you wanna you wanna date. And until you find those women, you just you just chill and work on yourself and wait until the until the opportunity comes and handle it that way. Yeah, flexibility. I talked about on the beginning earlier too. Flexibility is important in dating. If you if, if a girl can sense that you're desperate and um, they're they're not gonna like that, guys. 
very important that you stay flexible with dating. If she's don't be if, sad, don't be lonely. Don't be sad, don't be lonely. Like if you are, a, you know, a guy, you know, you're busy, you're working, um, and she's gonna know. She's gonna sense that. She's gonna like that. If you're you're busy, she's gonna smell those other women on you. You're dating other women, which you should be doing. If you're if you're single, you should be dating as many women as you can. You should be dating as many women as you can. Especially now with the internet, things are changed. So she's going to sense that on you and she's going to sense, you know, I got to, I got to nail this guy down. I got to nail this guy down. So it's important to be flexible. And if a girl's giving you like acting like, like this, like this guy's story, like Rick's friend's story, if she's acting like that, I would have been gone a long time ago. I'm not going to put up with those, that, that bullshit myself. So, but I have the flexibility to do that, you know? So I have that, I have that ability. So, I don't really care if I'm a single guy. I don't care that I'm single. So, I mean, get a get a cat. You know, go hang out, get a dog, or get a cat. You won't be you won't be lonely anymore. Get a yeah, fish. put a leaf put a leash on it and have it climb a tree. That's all. You'd be yeah, go climb in the tree with with your cat. You know, and you won't be lonely anymore. Snuggle up with your cat at night or your dog or whatever. You won't be lonely. Or you know, have you should have you know uh, you should be flexible, guys. And a woman can. You know, she'll she'll be into you more if she knows that you're not like a slobbering dog who's desperate to get laid. I mean, I if you ever watch these shows, these old dating shows like um, Blind Date. Remember that show, Blind Date? And these guys are so pathetic on the show. It's like they're so desperate just to have sex with a girl. It's just like incredibly desperate, and it just boggles my mind because you would think like in L.A. There's so many single women. Like, why are you going on a date, a blind date, and just like acting all desperate with these these chicks, and they're laughing at you? And like, rarely does at the end of the 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 date, at the end of the show, the girl like rarely wants to go on a second date with the guy. But the guy's like, oh, I want a second date with her for sure. It's just like you see that inequity. It shouldn't be like that. It should be 50-50. Either you you know, you both want to go out with each other. Or you both don't want to go with each other. It shouldn't be always the guy wanting to go out. So if you're a type of, if you're a guy listening to this and you're always going on first dates with women and then you're following up with them and you can't get a second date, then you need to change up your game. You need to change up something you're doing for sure, because it, it can't be like that because she's going out with guys and they're wanting second dates with her and she's not going out with them second time. So why is she like that? She's turning down second dates left and right, but you can't get a second date. Why is that? You want to be the one turning down second dates. That's that's where you want to get. And I didn't I didn't learn that until I got older. I didn't learn that concept until I got older because I used to be one of those guys. I couldn't get a second date. And then I became once I got older, I became the guy who was turning girls down. I felt really bad about it. Like girls would text me after dates and. And, and like, you know, she, they call me or text me after a date themselves and I just wouldn't respond to them. You know, I felt bad, but at the end of the day, I was like, look, you know, rather than just shooting them back a text and rejecting them, I just kind of ghosted them myself. I was the one doing the ghosting and now Rick's friend is getting ghosted. You see? So once that switches, then, you know, you'll understand, you know, that, yeah, I know what I got, I got my game on. So so it's all about flexibility, guys, with everything. With yeah, one, one, one of the things we used to have a, a saying for it when I was younger in my early 20s, it was the, the old lady glow, old lady glow. 
which is um a phrase I got from my uh my buddy uh my buddy from Florida started that, and he basically meant that when you had a girlfriend and you were really serious with a chick, that when you had that that seriousness and you were serious with a girl, that you would glow, and then all the girls would want to want to mess with you, would want your number, would want to start talking to you, and what that is is basically. Once you get into a relationship, you basically you start to you, you start to realize like, hey, I already I'm already with someone. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and make make a lot of work for myself by chasing after other women. So I'm just gonna chill. And if I run into a girl, if I talk to a chick, if I run into a chick at a store, I'm just gonna be cool. Like I'm not I'm not out there hunting because I got this girl at home and. I can't, you know, I can't fuck around with anybody else right now. So what ends up happening is you're so laid back. You're so cool. You're so non-pursuing that women just love that shit. They love it. And that makes you even more attractive. The, the fact that you're laid back and you're chilling. And the reason you're laid back and you're chilling is because you, you got an old lady. You know, you, you don't want to, you, you, you realize you'd complicate your life if you try to, you know, mess around on her with this other girl you you're talking to at a at a convenience store one day, and so what happens? You you're very laid back, very nonchalant, very non desperate, and the female picks up on that right away. She's like, "Oh, this guy's so nice. Oh, he's he's so respectful." He's like, and then and you're not pursuing. You're not right away asking for a phone number. If you do exchange info, you're not able to call and check up and say hi every all, all the time. Cause you, cause you got an old lady. So if you just, if you just that busy and that consumed, let's say you're single, as long as you stay that busy and that consumed with your career, with your gym grind, with your goods, with the good things in your life so that you're not over pursuing so that you're not always available so that you're not so fucking desperate. Jeez. Then you, you'll have that glow, you know, women like that women like it when you're just laid back and, and you're chilling and you're not, you're not fucking desperate. Women like that a lot. So uh, it's just uh, something, uh, something to know, man. Yeah. And then one last thing, like be sharp the way you dress, be sharp, because that makes a big difference. So either find a chick friend that knows about fashion that can give you good advice on how to dress or find like a gay friend or something that's really, really good with fashion that can take you shopping and help you pick out sharp, good clothes. Cause that makes a huge difference. So when you leave the gym, let's say you go to the grocery store after the gym, great place to meet women. You know, you want to change, get out of your net, you know, your, your stringer and your shorts that you were in at the gym and dress like a fucking man and go to the gym and go to the grocery store dressed up like a man. Cause you may find that woman in the grocery store and you want to be looking sharp. That makes a huge difference. How you dress makes a difference. That's another thing you young guys have to learn. There's this, there's this mantra out there like, oh, it doesn't matter what I look like. Get fucking normal. Get those fucking uh, earrings out of your nose and out of your fucking eyebrow, okay? And get fucking normal. Stop putting tats all over your body, all over your arms, all over your fucking neck. And Some stuff. women like that. <laughs> but dude at the end of the day get fucking if you want to I, I don't I don't I don't have rings and I'm not a tatted out normal. dude but some women some women love that shit I mean it depends that right look if you, that's fine but okay I'm telling you guys if you go into a business interview looking like like that you're not gonna get a 
get very far. Just just fucking get normal. One of the like main- that's fine. Have your fucking earrings. I don't care what you do, but just fucking try to be normal and neutral. That's one, my point. One, one of the things one of the things that, that Steve said about dressing sharp, and I'll, I'll have to throw this in. Make sure your clothes fucking fits. And I don't mean if you know if it's the style That's to a be big a, problem. Yeah, to the, the style to be a little bit baggy or the style to be a little bit tight. I'm just saying yes. if you if like that if is you not a problem. Yeah. And but in our in, in fitness, we're gonna lose a lot of weight. Like when I fasted, I lost like two inches off my pants, for example. When I bulked, I fucking my shirts stopped fitting me, like nice fucking shirts stopped fitting me. So again, get your chick friend who knows fashion or a gay friend who knows fashion. Take them to the fucking mall, okay, and let them pick out clothes that fit you or go there and the chick that works there, have her help you. She'll be happy to help you pick out clothes and you may end up with her number at the end. Go look at go look at pictures that you've taken when you thought you were really well dressed. Um, are your are your pants or jeans bunching up right at your right where your foot or if you have a dress shirt, is your dress shirt? kind of baggy and maybe bunched up at the wrist, you know, things like that. Just the shit's just not fitting properly because you can go and pick out great looking clothes. But if, if it's, if it's doesn't fit yeah. your body properly, you're going to, you look like a yeah. fucking clown. Girls, girls notice that like, no matter like girls notice you look sloppy. Yeah, exactly. Like dressing is so fucking important. Like even wearing a belt versus not wearing a belt. That can make a difference. Like it's just women are very well. You you you're supposed to wait wait wait. If you're a man, you fucking wear a belt. I mean, you're supposed to wear. Women a belt. are very, um, you know, they're like cats. They see things different in a differently than a dog does. Like they're if very. You're, if you're a dude, unless you're like just running to the corner to to the corner store, you wear a fucking belt. If you if you wear pants that are meant to have a belt, you wear a fucking watch. I don't know. Could, I don't it could, know. It could be it could be a thirty dollar plastic cashier. You wear you wear a fucking watch on your wrist because you never know what lady might might ask you the time just just to spark a conversation. You wear your fucking belt. You just I mean you just you, there's certain things that and it, don't don't wear a ring on your fucking ring finger, okay? Well, I mean, if you're married, you kind of sort of have to. No, but... no, no. There's guys out there who aren't even fucking married who wear fucking rings. There's it's women that do that too. That's yeah, fucking see, I'm not, stupid. I'm not, Don't I'm not fucking in, wear I'm not into rings. Jewelry. I'm not into jewelry. I guess some guys are, but yeah, fuck, fuck all that jewelry or that shit. Just be, that's my point. Be fucking, I'm not saying if you're into tats or you're into fucking earrings and shit, I'm not saying go wear it, but I'm saying be fucking neutral if you're going on a date with someone or when it comes to anything, religion, politics, all this stuff, what shows you watch. Like, Rick, you don't watch TV. Don't go on a date and say, yeah, if she asks you what shows are you into, they'll be like, oh, I don't watch TV. Then the girl's going to be like, what the fuck? Like, what happens if I want to sit on the couch at, and watch a show at nine o'clock at night with this guy and he doesn't fucking watch TV? Just at least, like, tell her some shows you like or something. Like, don't be fucking anal about shit. You got to be neutral about shit you know what i'm saying that's 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 very very important to be neutral you don't want to because she's gonna look long term wow i'm gonna marry this guy and he's like fucking stuck in his ways and he's gonna be abrasive like don't tell the girl that you don't believe in spanking kids for example be neutral <laughs> about things yeah. Just like, oh yeah, that, that, I, that i would that i would personally dis- disagree with you here's my thing i would definitely um be about myself and stand my ground on, on what I believe in and, and what I like and don't like. 
I just wouldn't go over there and flex all this shit on the fir- on the first, second, third day. Matter of fact, I mean, she's not really going to get to know me until we've had sex already. To just just to be honest with you. So yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd stand my ground on all that shit on on spanking on on watching television on, on all that stuff. I don't I don't want to watch television. Don't believe in spanking kids. Like you know, you do. You do I, watch stuff. You watch YouTube videos. Do your stuff. You watch. So don't just yeah. say. Oh, I don't watch stuff. You well, do I wouldn't, watch stuff. I, I'm, I, That's my point. I yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Um, but I wouldn't go there and and put all these things on the table. On on, I wouldn't put any of this shit on the table until we've had sex. Then, then you because then she's more willing to say, well, if he doesn't like watching TV, if he's more of a YouTube guy, then I guess it's all right for him to be on on his phone computer while while he sits next to me and I watch a show or something like that's okay give me an example if she likes you enough she likes you and let's check this out guys and understand this if she likes you enough she'll get real practical about the things that you're not compatible on if she doesn't like you anything that you're not compatible on she'll make it a fucking issue and that's the problem there's no logic to any of this when it comes to, to females if she likes you enough if you like, if you like the cold and she likes the warm, if you like YouTube and she likes Netflix, she will just find a way in her head to figure out how you guys are going to make this work and fit in together. No problem. She don't like you yet. Or if it's too early on, then she's going to see every possibility of how you guys being different is going to get in the way of happiness. So like I said, it doesn't make any fucking sense about how you feel, how they feel. So don't I personally don't put any of these issues on the fucking table. I listen, man. I joke and scurry my way out of these hard conversations until until I already know how she sounds like when she's screaming. But dude, if that's you know the I mean? way you are, like you've seen, you're not being flexible. Like if if a girl says, "What movie do you like?" And you're like, "Oh, I don't watch movies." What do you mean you don't watch movies? You watch Scarface. We've talked about movies on this podcast. So don't tell me you don't watch movies and you don't watch TV. You've watched Scarface. You watch Coming to America. We've talked about these movies. I'm just saying. You're not lying, you know, when you say, yeah, I like these movies. I like that movie. I'm just saying to go on a date and just be like completely shut off. Like, like I went on a date before and like, I, you know, like the girl's like, oh, I don't eat chocolate. I don't eat. It's like, why is that necessary to give me that information on the first date? Why is it necessary for me to tell a girl on the first date? I have this sort of diet or have that type of diet. It's not necessary. It's not romantic. You know what I'm saying? See, so something like that, I take that unnecessary as an, information. See, something like that, I take that as an opportunity so that like on the second or third date, I want to bring her a little something. I'll make sure to say, hey, so I got you this other thing because I know you don't like chocolate. So I got you this other thing um, because, you know, the custom is you bring a, a girl chocolates once you're really interested. Because I know you, don't, you know, I would just all those little things. I would just take all those opportunities to to knock it out of the park. She's like, she's like, you See, know, the thing is like the ball they, for you to spike it. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like you have to be flexible. Even if you don't like something, like let's say you don't eat chocolate, right? And a girl offers you chocolate on a date, you're gonna turn it down. Be like, oh, I don't eat sugar. No, you gotta be a little flexible on a date. That's my point. Like she'll get the point over time that yeah, you don't eat chocolate. But if you have one piece of chocolate, is it gonna kill you? Like they have a little piece of chocolate. It's not. So be a little flexible. That's that's just my point. Because you end up looking like a fucking square, like on the day. You look like. Well, look, if chocolate makes you sick and is going to give you the runs, then obviously. Say, just look, one little piece of chocolate. One little but if piece you don't, but if you don't listen, bro, I just, I wish I was just, yeah. I listen, bro. I just went through this. I was, I was, I was with a girl restaurant and she wanted to order dessert, and but she, she wanted us to share the dessert. So I said, you know, that's a lot of sugar. I don't, I don't really fuck with sugar. And she goes, she goes to me. She says, Rick, 
you know, I like you because even though you you have a gym grind and you and you um and you stay in shape whenever we go places, you'll try whatever I give you. So I says to her, I says, look, I like sugar just as much as everybody. I'm a little bit overweight more than I, I like to be right now. So I'm trying to get down. I'll have a couple of spoonfuls, but I won't be able to indulge, baby. I'm sorry. And she was like, all right, as long as you have a little bit. And we ordered a piece of a, of a cheesecake or whatever the fuck that was. And I had a couple of spoonfuls, a couple more, more than a couple of spoonfuls. And, and that was that. But I mean, I, I, you know, I had to stand my I drink water when I, when I sit at the table, I don't drink any, any sugary shit. Um, just drink water every single time. And I don't do desserts. I don't do sugars. Um, and this one time, like you said, she, she said to me, she said, Rick, I like you because even though you still in gym grind, you're not one of these people that don't, doesn't, you know, doesn't eat. I said, well, look, I eat whatever. I just, I'm just not into sugars because of whatever. And I had a couple spoonfuls because she insisted. So, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from, Steve. I did, I could have been a real dickwad and stood my ground and said, oh, I've already had too many carbs for today. But nah, you, you just, you know, she's being playful. She's being funny. She's trying, so you, you you're a little flexible. You, you know? just you, yeah, you need to you need to be a little. It's not funny fair. you said that. I just went through something like this at yeah. a, at, a, at the, during dessert time. At a, but it's at a funny restaurant. though. It's funny because you know in a relationship you're gonna have to do stuff that you may not like to do just to make her happy. You know that's important to be flexible with a person. Like you may watch a movie that she wants to watch. If you go on a third date to watch a movie, you may have to go watch a movie that she wants to watch and you don't. You have to be a little flexible. Like to make her happy, isn't that isn't that important to make her happy? At the and you know what I'm saying. So that's a that's a marriage. You can't go through marriage. Sometimes I watch shit. You know, you're gonna watch shit with your wife that you don't really you're not into, but she enjoys it. Why not? Why not just just do it and make her happy? Because she's gonna watch shit that you that you like that she doesn't necessarily like to make you happy, right? So I mean, there's gonna be times where you're gonna do stuff that you you know, that you're not going to like. And that's especially early on when you're dating. And as she gets to know you, she'll know, yeah, he doesn't like these types of movies. He doesn't like this type of food. He doesn't like these desserts. <clears throat> and she won't pressure you to do it. And, and, and she'll learn that over time. But initially, when you're meeting someone, you have to be flexible. And that's what a marriage is. Is a marriage not being flexible? You can't just be like stuck in your ways. Oh, it's got to be this way. It's got to be that way. You know, so that's it, man. Right. I mean, as a very marriage, good points, bro. Yeah, yeah. In a marriage, if you're not flexible, you're you're screwed. You have to be with kids. When the kid becomes a teenager and he's like, Dad, I want to go out. I want to go out till till midnight. Oh, your curfew's only 10 o'clock. But, but dad, I want to go to midnight. We're going doing this, right? You gotta be a little flexible, you know, with the kids. So just you know, be try to be a little flexible and be neutral and don't be, you know, don't be a weirdo on a day. I just I yeah, I, I think I think just to um I'm not disagreeing, but what I'm saying is uh, we're all we all have our things. We all have our preferences. We all have our shit. Just don't bring any of that shit to the table until after you guys have 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 put, had sex, have had been around together for a while. It doesn't. None of it, to be real with you, none of it really matters. None of these compatibility things that you think are compatibility things really matter uh, at all. I mean, you can have people that are complete opposites in everything. And they could be happy together for years. Just give each other enough space so that each person can do things their way and and be fine. Look, I, I 
I have time restricted feeding, only eat in a six hour window every day. I've been in love with females. I, we go out, we go places, we go, we go trips, weekend trips. And she's sitting there eating breakfast. I'm drinking a cup of coffee, fucking around on, on, on my phone or, or, or reading a book. And I accompany her during breakfast and I don't have anything. And she doesn't make a big fucking deal about me not eating because she knows what my grind is like and she knows I like to stay in shape. And uh, I let, you know, and then, and then around, you know, noon, 1 p.m., I'm still good. I don't, I don't give a fuck about eating. I don't get hungry anymore. But she's, you know, almost passing out because she, she's hungry and it's already been four or five hours since she's had breakfast or, or whatever. And uh, I'll make sure that, hey, we're going to stop and get something to eat so you don't pass the fuck out on me. I'm still going to drink water because it's not my time to eat yet. And you just kind of, you could be complete opposites in a lot of different things and still just enjoy good, good times together. So going in on the first, second, third date, fourth date, trying to figure this thing out in a compatibility perspective. Oh, well, I don't need sugar. Oh, well, I don't need that. It's just stupid. If you like each other and there's chemistry and there's attraction and you guys make each other feel good, all of these, all of these little, little twerks, like different preferences, different things. Oh, well, I like watching uh, shows and I like what you'll get over it real fast. You'll, you'll, you'll make room for each other real fast. So a lot of that stuff, in my opinion, is not important. I think what's really important to first dates is just getting that feeling, making sure she, you make her feel good about herself and making sure that she makes you feel good too. And, and it's a, it's more of a feeling. Once you get the feeling going, details can be worked out. All right, guys, we're going to continue discussion on our side podcast for another two hours. And we're going to go, I'm just kidding. We're going we're to talk about this on the next podcast. Uh, we're going to have to, I think we went like an hour and a half on this podcast. So we're going to, we're going to shut it down and we're going to continue on the next podcast, guys. This was number 381 Q&A. Keep the questions coming. We'll talk to you guys next week. Take care, man. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is a required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.